Hey everyone, welcome back to the Bold Moves Only podcast. I hope you've been enjoying everything so far. Today we are back with Ryan Parks, one of the co-founders of Improper Etiquette. Um, Improper Etiquette is a brand out of Los Angeles with a mission of helping people and the planet. And what drove me to them is they don't really limit themselves and they, they go for making as much of a positive impact as they can in many different ways. Uh, one aspect being to organize clothing, canned good, and hygiene product drives, and personally hand everything out to the homeless residents of Skid Row. And the homelessness crisis in California is absolutely a crisis, but it is such a complicated public policy issue, so we won't be going into the meat of all that. Hopefully soon we can uh, with somebody because it is important um, and it's important to me uh, because I'm from San Francisco where it's extremely prevalent. Um, but for now, I hope you can just check out these guys who have made a real effort to make a positive change. There are many other elements to their brand, so let's let Ryan explain it much better than I can. Uh, here's the interview and I hope you enjoy it. Hey Ryan, what's up? Oh, man, can you how is everything? Good. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Sweet. Um, well, thanks for joining. We can just get right into it if you want. <laughs> yeah, awesome. No problem. So why don't you just like take me through a little bit what you're doing with improper etiquette and the impact that you're hoping to make with it. Definitely. So do you want me to start with how it started or what we're doing now? Yeah, why don't you take me to the beginning? All right, definitely. So my name's Ryan Parks and the other co-founder is Ryder Mora. And we grew up in Los Angeles and we went to high school in Los Angeles. And now I go to UCLA and he goes to USC and so we're still local. But basically, about two years ago, he came to me and he hit me up over text and he goes, yo, I have some designs that I've been drawing. I know you like to take photos. Why don't we, you take photos and market these designs and we put them on some shirts, you know, basic, it was as basic as that. And he goes, let's call it improper etiquette. And the name really stuck. I really liked it and the designs were simple. They were cool. They were authentic. And so we just started pumping out one shirt with one design. And then as we got into it, we realized that, you know, we could have a little more fun with it. And we decided to, you know, create a purpose-based company with a mission because we both have a passion for social justice and environmental sustainability. And so we realized it would be amazing to use our passions through this clothing brand, through this company to make an impact in our community. And so building from that slowly, we, we brainstormed how we wanted to carry out this mission of helping people and the planet. And being in LA, we had a, a network somewhat of people 
that we were in contact with. So, so we went to a Catholic high school. It's called Loyola High School of Los Angeles. And our senior year, we had a senior service project for during the month of January. So it was about four weeks, and we didn't go to school. We only went to our particular service site that we were assigned through our school. And mine, I was stationed at a school called St. Lawrence Brindisi School in Watts, California. So Watts is in the inner city. It's in South Central LA. So it's it's pretty. It's a pretty. It's a tough area, somewhat, and it's just not very well to do. And so I was stationed there. And I met the the vice principal there who ordered me what to do and where. And he was one of the most incredible people I've ever met. And I established a great relationship with him. And so when it was, when Ryder and I were brainstorming what we were going to do, I reached out to him and he's like, yo, I have this program, this nonprofit youth organization called Forward Progress this, this, and that. And I immediately thought, well, do you guys have a tutoring program? And basically what the, what the, the, what forward progress is, it's a basketball academy where they teach life skills in the scope of basketball. So basketball is the hook and they use that platform to teach the children different ethics and values. And he, when I offered the tutoring program to him, he was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Let's do it. And so, and we realized the importance of, tutored in the inner city just because the impact of that education can make and how it's so powerful in breaking the poverty gap. And, and then we had a real soft spot for homeless people just because in talking with Ryder, we came up with the, we realized that, you know, these, if we want to make a direct impact on the community, there's no, easier way or quicker way than to start interacting with homeless people and helping them out. Because as far as we're concerned, they're the most neglected people in society. Like everyone, you know, everyone, every society has their problems and there's always people who need help, but you know, homeless people can't even afford to, you know, support themselves or buy a pair of shoes, you know? So we just immediately tried to come up with ways to help them. Right. And, and so we just started basic clothing drives and canned good drives and uh, hygiene product drives. And so we would post on our social media, hey, guys, we're hosting a canned good drive uh, at the beach in Los Angeles at this street this time. Come, come support. And surprisingly, people did. They came and they, they gave us stuff. They gave us a lot of goods. And we just started going to Skid Row, which is east of downtown. It's a 50 square block parameter. And I've read sources where it says that Skid Row is the largest concentration of homeless people in the United States, which is pretty crazy to think about, especially when you have a place like Skid Row and then 10 miles away is Beverly Hills. So the, the discrepancy is pretty astonishing. But so... We didn't really know what we were doing. We got to Skid Row. We just, it was very overwhelming at first, but as we went more and more often as anything in life, we learned and we got better and we learned where to go, 
how to approach these people. And honestly, what we learned through these various interactions was that they're so nice. You know, they're, they're humans as well. You know, they're just, they're the same as us just living in different conditions. And while it may seem intimidating to go up to them just because of the differences, you, you don't know what you're going to get just because homeless people seem to be dangerous. They're not, you know, we've never, we've been to Skid Row over 20 times and we've never had a negative experience or interaction and we've only ever left super heart filled and with positive vibes. So that's the help people part of the branch. And then the respect earth and the planet aspect. So Ryder and I are both from Manhattan beach, California, and that's on the beach. And we grew up loving the water, loving the ocean, loving outdoors. I love taking photographs of nature and Ryder loves surfing, skateboarding. And so that interest was very easy for us to pinpoint. And so obviously as clothing, as clothing brands emerge and as our times progress, there's a huge focus on sustainability and we want, we recognize that. And we also want to do our business correctly in the most ethical and sustainable fashion we could. And also just because we realize that as citizens of the world, as people who appreciate the beautiful aspects that, the world and all the activities that that provide us with, we felt an obligation to do our part in making sure that our future generations can experience the same thing. And so we, the same way as we organized drives, we organized cleanup outings. And so basically we just went to the beach after a 4th of July holiday or a big event where it was likely that the beach would be filled with trash. We would get our buddies and other people who wanted to come just to clean up trash and recycle it, you know, just an hour fun community based event. And then, but also we realized that our shirts, we wanted our, those, the things that we produce to be sustainable, but also ethical in terms of how they treat their workers. And so our shirts are made with all made. And I, and I believe, Jason, that our, your guys' shirts are made with All Made too, right? Yeah, that's actually okay. how I find found you guys <laughs> through them. Okay, yeah, that's crazy. That's a, that's a small world because I when I checked on your guys' Instagram, I saw that you, we had a similar, a mutual connection with All Made. But so I, I know you know the great aspects of All Made, but I'll just go into it just so your listeners can can hit uh, them with informed. it. Yeah, awesome. So. All Made is it's a small shirt company. Uh, they're manu- it's an American company, but their manufacturing processes are are facilitated in Haiti. And we went with their tri-blend shirts. And so what their tri-blend shirts are made of are it's made of 100% recycled non-GMO cotton in the grown in the U.S. Then it's recycled polyester fibers from uh, six recycled water bottles, and then it's beach tree fiber from European from certified European forests that don't require it requires much less water and it doesn't even require hardly any irrigation to regrow it's it's a regenerative the, the these beech trees are a regenerative root 
And so basically in all three phases, uh, in all three elements of the shirt, it just requires way less resources, especially way less water in all three of those categories. And with the recycled water bottles, you're, you're getting that upcycle, that recycle and that reuse with the shirt, which we thought was incredible. Also, All Made is very invested in their employees in Haiti. They pay their workers three to four times the going rate. And they have this program called Life where it focuses on the, the employee, their children, and their family and the development of all the familial aspects and the child development. And so we thought, we, when we found this company, we thought, wow, that's, that's incredible. We would for sure love to use them because they emulate our ethos of helping people and helping the planet. So what better way than to use their shirts? And then also we just made some stickers and we found a company it's called green or planet green printing located in los angeles and they our stickers with them are 100 percent post-consumer waste recycled and we love them and so basically in doing these sustainable methods of retail we just we found that one you you can do it the right way and two it's not going to if you're worried about the money aspect of it, it's not going to be that crazy. And then you just feel better that you're like, look, we're sure we're, we're pushing a business, but at the same time, we're, we're respecting the earth and we're doing it the right way. So it's a much more meaningful endeavor. So that's pretty much the basic history. And then if you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I was kind of interested in, you mentioned like your first experience going to Skid Row and you kind of maybe didn't necessarily know what to do. Maybe you felt like you didn't belong after a short period of time. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Like maybe how did you combat that feeling that you shouldn't be there? Yeah, definitely. So the first time we went, I was with Ryder and one of our friends, and we we came we before we had the presumption of oh we're just we're going to Skid Row we're going to help out some people you know like look at us we're we're good we're good humans you know um, we didn't really know what we were getting into, and so when we when we went there we went through Sixth Street in San Pedro so that is just a that's a historical classic skid row spot and it was we we know homeless people we've experienced them before but we just we never experienced it on this scale so when we got there the streets were filled with people they people were walking in the street it was a very just we've never seen anything like it there was it was lawless no rules it was a it was riotous and we just didn't really know what to do. It was so hectic. So we decided we were going to park on the, on the outskirts of the region of Skid Row so that we can, you know, just not be right in, in the hot mess of it and just kind of pick out people that we wanted to interact with and not get completely overwhelmed. And so we did that. We parked on the side and then we just didn't know how to approach these people. And the funny thing is, is like what we learned is they're just human beings as well. So just 
talk them like they were in just any other person because they are. So there is there is no special formula on how to talk to these people the same way you talk to anyone that you're meeting on the street. Our problem at first was we were very ginger and unconfident in our initial interactions. You know, we were timid just because we didn't know what to expect. And when what we learned is when someone sees that when they're when you're not confident and you you're you're you you have weird vibes, it, it throws them off a little bit. You know, it's not if someone's gonna inter- talk, come up and talk to you, you you would presume that they were confident because they wanted to talk to you in the first place. But when they come up to you and they're apprehensive, it it, it doesn't make for a for a great interaction, and, that, and that's on our part. So what we realized is just, yo, go up to them and be like, hi, my name's Ryan. What's your name? What's your story? And, and let's just connect, talk as human beings. And when we realized to do that and just to go up and be confident be yourself and really get to know them as a human to human, that was a profound breakthrough for us. And just hearing their stories, you know, just it's, it was, it's been a life changing experience and it's been a, it's been amazing. And so one thing that I'd like to highlight on our first time, when we we came to Skid Row, we were we were walking with this this older man named Gary. He was a uh, a Vietnam veteran. We were walking with him. We were giving him clothes, and this was probably about it wasn't even a negative experience, but it was the only encounter that we've had on Skid Row that has been less than amazing. And we're walking with this man named Gary, and he goes, and Ryder and I will never forget this question. He goes, he asks us, "Yo, does that?" Are you guys happy? Does that make you happy? In kind of a sinister way of like, yeah, like, do you feel good about yourself? You guys are walking with the homeless man right now, I guess, you know, in which, but it really stopped us in our tracks and we, it made us question because the dude was questioning our intentions and it made us question. We, Ryder and I, we got together and, and we asked ourselves, yo, does, do we have the right intentions because like when, when, when the dude asked us that, it just made us stop and think. And we realized that, yes, we do. We do have the right intentions. We're not coming here for ourselves or any other thing. Like we're, we genuinely want to help these people, you know? And so I think it was, it was good that the dude made us think about it. And I think that you need constant, even though if you, if you go in something with the right intentions, it's easy for them to be, just altered, changed throughout the, throughout time. And I think it's always worthwhile to, uh, for either people or for you to just check yourself along the way and make sure you're doing things for the right reasons, especially with a populate, with a population like the people in Skid Row where it's easy to exploit them. Right. So, I mean, yeah. like when, like when I first started, there were days when I told myself like, what, what are you even doing? Does the world need another thing? Like, what, exactly. what are you doing this for? Even though I had like a pretty clear vision in my head as to what I was doing. Uh-huh. But um, I got over it by just imagining a world where everybody tried to do something positive. And yeah, that's a, yeah, that's, a, yeah. that's amazing. You, got, you just got to realize that you shouldn't feel weird or guilty for trying to do something good, something positive. I mean, you still, I mean, especially when you're walking down Skid Row or doing something like that, you need to be understanding and sensitive to your environment but i mean if you want to make a positive change that's great no matter 
how big or how small, but I mean, that can be hard to get over that feeling. So yeah, definitely. And I, we learned that too. And so we, we have on our website, our mantra or one of our quotes or lines is imagine if everyone in the world lived in proper, you know, which in living in proper, which is our brand, it's, that's the, the idea of helping people and helping the planet. So what, what you said is, you know, if imagine if everyone in the world tried to do a good thing, you know, it, it'd be, it'd be a better world. And, but so basically just to, for a, a premise of, of why we started, I should have included this in the beginning, but I, I'm new to this. So I'm, I'm getting better. But so what Ryder and I, why we wanted to do quote unquote good in the first place was, so we're from Manhattan beach, California. So that's a, it's an affluent area. And so we, we realized that, okay, we, we had no control over the environment or circumstances in which we were born under, you know, we were born into relatively to the country and the world. We were born into wealthy families. Likewise, other people in our same city were not born with the same privilege or blessing or luck. And so we felt that it was the the same way, like, so the same way we, we weren't in control of our circumstances, neither were the people that we tutor or the people that we interact with on Skid Row. And so we took it as an obligation and we viewed it as in, in, in our mission in carrying out improper etiquette was how can we use our privilege to help people who don't have any. And so when we viewed it that way, we were so much more gracious and thankful for our situation, but we viewed it as an obligation now to help these people. And in that obligation, we found such meaningful work, you know, because we were just acting on our blessings because we, we weren't in control, but what we can control was how we used that blessing and that privilege to help people. And so I, I felt like that was important to include. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So I, I mean, I actually grew up in San Francisco, okay, which awesome. is pretty similar in a way. I mean, those are probably two of the most prevalent cities of with homelessness in Definitely. California, and California Definitely. has the most homelessness in the country. I'm pretty. Yeah. I, I think I just read recently that one in four homeless people live in California. Like one in four homeless people wow. in the United States live in California. That's crazy. Um, so, I mean, like you, it's, it's really, it's inescapable. Um, definitely. It's hard to not want to do something, but at the same time, it's so, it can be so overwhelming, the, like the gravity of it all. So I guess like going along with that, how would you, what would you tell somebody who feels strongly about making a difference, but the problems they face are so overwhelming that they don't even know where to start. And maybe they feel like their impact will be too small for it to be even worth starting. Yeah, that's a great question. So I, my advice for those people were to be honestly, just to listen to your heart. So fi if you want to make an impact in the world, find out what you enjoy doing to make that impact. So it's a worthwhile experience for you. Really, really listen to yourself and figure out how you can 
benefit other people, whether it be one person or a thousand. You start with how can I benefit one person by doing what I love to do? And in doing that, you not only get the fulfillment and the reward of, of helping another person, which is an immeasurable experience, but you get to do something you love doing. So you're not sacrificed. You're not just helping someone for, I guess what I'm saying like in the long run by, by doing what you love to help other people. That is the, 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 that will ensure you to help the most amount of people because the only way you could do good work is to love what you do. And so to help people by do, like through doing good work, you have to figure out something it is that you enjoy. So for Ryder and I, it was taking photos, making designs, and talking to people. It was as, it's as simple as that. And what we've, what we've learned in, because we were overwhelmed at first on, you know, like, we're not going to make a difference, you know, all those questions that you have when you're starting out, or does the world really need this? The world needs all good, no matter how little you, you think it is. But what Ryder and I learned was that when we just, when we keep going to Skid Row, when we keep tutoring these kids, when we keep producing, when we just keep going, we keep our mission of improper etiquette and living improper going through posting more and, and interact with more people and spreading the word and just keep pushing, the connections will follow. People will want to be a part of the mission and your impact, it grows. It just does because people, it's contagious. People see what you're doing. They learn about it through social media or another, or any other outlet. And the more you just push your mission, the more people will see it and be affected by it. Because we've, we've learned, we've seen that through our just basic experience of the more we let people know we're going to Skid Row and highlight some of the encounters and trips and through our tutoring program, through other aspects of our mission, through our clothing drives or beach cleanups, they, the people, people reach back out to us just like you, you guys did with bold moves only. And, you know, you find those people and, and they, and they hit you up and you connect with them and you just keep going and you keep pushing your mission. And, and I mean, obviously we're incredibly small, but our hope is that if we keep doing this, hopefully we'll make, I will make an even more meaningful impact in our community. Absolutely. Like you said on your website, get that empire of compassion. Yeah. Awesome. That's <laughs> sweet. I'm glad you read that. That's awesome. Um, so how can anybody help you out? Maybe people from LA will be listening. How could they be a part of what you're doing? Yeah, that would be great. Um, so honestly, right now, if, if you guys have any goods, any food or old clothes, any basic materials that you think could be repurposed and reused by people, uh, people who would, who, who would love them. If you guys could just reach out to us, uh, on our, either our social media, which is at live improper, or just shoot us a quick email, which is info at live which is L I V E I M P R O P E R. So that's just live improper. If you guys could shoot us an email, that would be amazing. And we'd love to start the conversation from there. Awesome. Well, 
um thanks a lot for being on the podcast you're one of the first guests so <laughs> i really awesome. appreciate thank it you. i appreciate it too thank you so much jason enjoy the rest of your time in france i appreciate it oh yeah thank you all right talk to you soon all right take care okay thanks for listening and please go check out improper etiquette and if you can help out in any way please do so you can find their website at liveimproper.com and their socials are at live improper go have yourself a bold day and check and check back in soon for another episode of the bold moves only podcast thanks and talk to you all soon